podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing, the independent Derby County podcast. It wasn't to be a salvation season which had so much promise in January has ended in devastating disappointment. Derby just couldn't pull off that one season redemption arc, which would have been the club's greatest ever comeback. And uh, after a first season in the third tier in decades, which included 21 wins, 67 goals, some great memories, far too many dodgy penalties and plenty of ropey refereeing. The truth is, Derby just did not have enough. I'm Chris Parsons. Welcome. Thank you for joining us and picking the bones out of that final day faltering finish. Uh, Blake Fallows, hello, mate. Hello. Uh, it's, always the, it's always the hope that kills you, isn't it? 110%. And a big welcome to an SBW debutant. Uh, I wish we were chatting for the first time under different circumstances. It's uh, Hilary Leem. Hello. Hi, yeah, yeah, me too. Wish I was a bit more cheerful tonight, but there you go. Absolutely. Uh, look, straight into the five-word reviews then after Derby missed out on the League One playoffs on the final day of the season, finishing seventh. Uh, just we put it out to our followers on Twitter what did you make of the game at Hillsborough and Derby season in five words? Uh, Nikki B said, masters of our own downfall. Uh, lots on, on that sort of theme. David Mountney said, close but no cigar, sadly. Uh, Michael John said, rebuild towards promotion next season. Simon Stinton said, just not quite good enough. Vicky B, this is a spirit. So close, champions next season. There we go. That's more like it. Uh, Stuart Clements said, proud, probably for the best. Interesting one you might want to comment on from John Perkins. Flat track bullies found out. Uh, Carl Peters, we'll come back onto this, said, whole season epitomised in today's game. Six words, but you get the idea. Uh, And one more for now. Cosworth1973 on Twitter said, just ran out of legs. Blake, you were there today. You've seen your fair share of Derby County calamities on the road in your time. More on that later. Uh, what was it like coming out of the away end at Hillsborough today? Because I guess it could have gone two ways, really. Was it particularly toxic and doom and gloom? Or was there an element of reflection and and, uh, and philosophical sort of thinking to it? What was it like? I think the, the, the matter of the defeat today kind of helped in in how it ended and, and Warren's comments after the game were, were really nice and I almost shed a tear to what he said on BBC Radio Derby after the game about everyone staying and, and clapping and it was almost reminiscent for me of the the atmosphere at QPR when, when we were relegated. It was almost that kind of, it's disappointing but we appreciate the situation we're in and I would say I was on the front row of the stand so I can't comment on how many people were there but leaving the ground I would say majority of the fans stayed and applauded and the applause at the end again 
I was on the front row, front and centre. So I felt very emotional and thought, don't shed a tear because you'll become the new meme for Forest fans. So I was holding, I was holding in a lot of emotion, <laughs> but it was a such. Been, been down that road, my friend. It's uh, you don't, you don't want to be immortalised on Twitter accidentally. It's not pleasant. Well, I'm currently doing it again. So um, yeah, uh, it was a prolonged applause for the players. So they kind of came over, stood, applauded the away end, and it was it must have been two or three minutes, and it was like they didn't want to walk like the fans weren't leaving and they didn't want to walk away and it was it was a really nice emotional moment that the the manner of of the defeat today is always going to be disappointing but for me it's not today it's 46 games so I'm philosophical in that way but I think the way everything happened today helped with the atmosphere at full time that there was no anger or or anything towards the players yeah probably that says a lot about how fans have reacted to the team this season and this cohesion that there has been between the team and 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 the community and the city and the fan base all season for the most part anyway um Hillary Sheffield Wednesday won Derby nil I think personally when the dust has settled we will look back on this as a positive season 22-23 in in League One but obviously right now hours after missing out on the top six on the final day when we only needed a draw it feels like a real kick in the teeth, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. And I think, in a way, I wish we hadn't just needed a draw. I wish we'd had to go and get the win because, in a way, it feels a bit more bitter. The fact it was just a draw and that would have been enough. Uh, to be fair, play to Peterborough. I did not see them getting that result at, at, um, at Barnsley today either. So, but I, but I think we have got to see it as a positive season. I mean, I was looking at my Facebook memories literally because I'm still old enough to be one of the few people who still uses Facebook. And um, <laughs> I was looking at, you know, the last game of last season, thinking, is this going to be the last time I come to this seat, this ground? Uh, if we look at where we started last year, so I'm really gutted today. Man. I'm properly sulking today. Um, but I think on reflection, we just did run out of steam. I think somebody said it perfectly in the five words. It, it just feels like we didn't have quite enough when the chips were down. And, and I think Max Bird getting injured at the West Ham match will be Longly, long live in my memory is probably one of the turning points of the season. But overall, it, it, it's achieved more than I thought we might do this time of year ago. Certainly this time in July when we had five players and we got saved. Absolutely, yeah. And we'll, we'll come on to the uh, that that argument that people do give about, about the state we were in a year ago and whether we should move on from that or whether it's still something we can talk about. But um, Blake, Paul Warren said after the game today that he was fundamentally proud of the players, but that we, uh, he said that even he could see today that we were just missing something. What was it we were missing then? Yeah. If Paul Warren doesn't know, I don't think I'm going to be able to put my finger on it, but it's like that. <laughs> it's it's kind of that, it's just that little bit of ruthlessness or that little cutting edge where today again you're getting in great areas the ball's dropping at the far post there's no one there to that final ball and and I've come on to five or six of these now and and said it every time it's like we're getting into these areas it's the final ball it's that little bit of ruthlessness are we nasty enough in in league one which is a real cliche and, and something I don't normally approach football with that kind of view but if if we're playing teams that are are kind of roughing us up. Have we got enough to match them when you look at a young midfield that we've got? Uh, have we got enough options? I mean, today, obviously, we threw the kitchen sink at them, but you, you one nil down with 10 men and then you look at the bench and you think, who's who have we got to come on and save us? So, have we got enough options? Are we ruthless enough? 
and are we just missing that little bit of quality? So, for an example, Brett, who I go with every game with today in the first half, turned to me and said, "I wish we had two McGoldricks because he's 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 the best he's the best player on the pitch at setting the goals up, and he's the best finisher." So you have a McGoldrick next to a McGoldrick. So are we just missing that little bit of that extra bit, little bit of quality that? it's hard to put my finger on and that's probably why I'm not a football manager but you can just see there's just they're just not quite there yeah it's yeah I I can see what you what your mate means there I don't even think we need two McGoldricks necessarily just someone who's on the same wavelength as him who can convert chances Uh, but yeah I don't know the the team has clearly massively run out of legs and run out of steam as the season's gone on and part of that is because we didn't or couldn't really reinforced properly in January. Uh, part of it is because I think this it's the case that we've used the fewest number of players in League One, if not the whole football league, which is ridiculous and really puts in perspective how we managed to get in, get in playoff contention in the first place. Um, but whilst McGoldrick has really kicked on and got better and better and better this season, he looks at it today and thought, if, he, if Dizzy's not scoring, where's the goal coming from? And I just didn't know. Um, but Hilary, do you think did today sum up what, I mean, was today like a microcosm of the season, you know, like we didn't quite get the luck with the, with the incident that led to the goal. We didn't take our chances and we just like ran out of legs at the end. I mean, I, I, the shot that stayed with me was looking at Max Bird and Mendes Lang on the bench were about 10 minutes to go and they both looked absolutely shot. And I'm sure they weren't the only ones like this Derby team, pretty much just ran out of steam completely, didn't they, in this game and this season? Yeah, I don't don't think you can doubt the effort. I mean, I would never doubt any of the players' effort when they're going in. Uh, I do agree with Blake, some of the end result. So you look at people like Mendes Lang, and when he started at the beginning of this season, you thought, this guy is going to absolutely transform this this entire season. And actually, he ran out of legs, I think, probably a little bit earlier than some of the other players this season. And we just haven't, to me, felt quite clinical enough. I was chatting on Radio Derby saying, I love McGoldrick, he's, he's fantastic, but you can't rely on one man. And you look at some of the chances, it feels like to me, maybe some of our other players, just like that little bit of belief when they get into those scoring chances and just look to take an extra pass or, or actually look to see where McGoldrick is to give him the opportunity rather than take it themselves. And I, I think today, I feel like in a way today wasn't quite typical because we did really, really go all out for it today. And, and and there's no, I mean, I always feel like Derby are going to concede a goal. I, I kind of typically feel like one's not going to be enough for us. But I actually didn't really feel like that today. I just, I couldn't see where that goal was coming from if McGoldrick wasn't going to be the one. And it's it, it's disappointing. But it, so I think it is, we haven't got quite enough in the tank. We will go again. I'm, I'm not too excited about that at the moment, but uh, we will go again. And I'm sure that Warren will get his team in and get his squad next year that play the way he wants, hopefully for the whole 90 minutes and the whole whole season yeah here's hoping I mean I said at the top that Derby scored 67 goals in league one this season obviously 22 of those from McGoldrick I'm surprised the poor guy hasn't put his back out the amount of times he's carried Derby this season um but apart from him where did the goals come from Collins managed double figures just a few of those were penalties Harrahan managed seven I think I think Mendes Lang got about the same it's just not enough it's, the goals just were not spread around the team enough. Um, and But we spoke about it before, Blake, a couple of pods ago, and part of me does genuinely wonder if it was for the best that we, we didn't make the playoffs. I know that when we talked about this in the past, like Kutch and 
has the completely valid stance that if promotion is an option, you should take it and you deal with it when it happens. But look, we never beat a single team in the top half away from home. Like the the highest placed team in League One that would beat away was Exeter, who were 14th, I think. I think that's correct. Um, (laughs) And even if we had have beaten Sheffield Wednesday today, they still would have finished 14 points ahead of us. I mean, yeah, they were like, clearly had they had one eye on the playoffs today, like they clearly didn't, I'm not going to say they didn't look interested, but they were blatantly playing within themselves. Um, they had an extra gear that they didn't use. I thought they were very passive, happy to just sit back, let us try to break them down and hit them on the break. Um, but, I don't know. Call me defeatist, Blake, but I, you've got to be realistic. And I just could not see us winning the playoffs if we had have snuck into them with the way we finished the season. I don't know. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, you're wrong. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I agree. You're wrong. Uh, I I think my my overriding and the reason I was qu- kind of emotionally involved after the game was I thought two legs against them, eleven against eleven. I think we'd do them over two legs, and that's that's purely based on today. I think they came to Pride Park nil nil, didn't really f- threaten us. I think today. I, I mean, I agree. That they didn't have, they weren't in like they weren't playing to the to the full ability today. I, I really appreciate they were playing within themselves, but for the last twenty minutes, Derby looked like they had the extra man, and they, and really and and it was almost like wave after wave, and it was and it's a throwaway comment, but it was almost like come and have another go then, if you if you need a goal, come and have a go at us. So I don't know if this is the the football romantic in me. I'd have fancied us over over two legs against him, but on the whole, I went to I went to meet Chris McClure, who's a friend of mine, a Sheffield Wednesday fan, before the game, and we had a chat. He's been home in a way, same as I have with Wednesday, and he said, "Blake, this is a, a really enjoyable league for one season, two seasons, but don't get stuck down here." So I think that's kind of changed my feeling of it, where it's like if you get if you get within touching distance, you just need to get out of this league. Um, and I agree with kind of Kutchie's sentiment because is there ever been a perfect time to go up? Have Derby ever had a perfect time to go up? I don't know. I mean, maybe when we had like the ultimate squad and didn't do it for four seasons, but is there ever a perfect time? I don't I, I don't really know. I, th- I feel disappointed that it had been a lovely story arc that we saved the club, got into the playoffs and went back up. That's the romantic in me, the realist in me. Maybe we're not quite ready, but will we ever be 100% ready? I, I think the same. I think if you've got the chance, you want it because, you know, you never know what's going to happen on any sort of playoff game because every team's as nervous about playing each other as you're, you are about them. And and it's not always the best teams that go up. So, you know, over the season, yeah, clearly Wednesday have played, I mean, 96 points and whatever it is, not get promoted. It's pretty spectacular, but I, I think we could have beaten them. Um and I still would have taken the chance to have a, a go at them and have a go at Wembley. And, and if you know, if we get up into the, into the championship, different financial situation, lots of different variables, I'd have taken that hand over fist versus finishing seventh. I, I would have, I'd rather give it a go and see where we get to. Yeah, I see what you mean. Maybe it's just the uh, sort of um, the risk averse pessimist in me coming through, as it tends to quite a lot on this <laughs> podcast. But the game was settled. Hillary on a well, on a, a, a pretty farcical 
calamitous uh, defensive incident from uh, Curtis Davis. Such a massive shame that it could be his final contribution in a in a Derby shirt. And before we even talk about it, I feel that I want to put on record just how impressive Curtis Davis has been as a Derby player in the five. I want to say five. Six years, I think he's been at, at Derby. He joined in 2017, didn't he? Um, you know, look, he, he was a player who was part of a, a of a back four who I think were close to or did set a clean sheet record. He has been in a Derby team that got in the playoffs, that that had the best striker in the league in his pocket, um, who played for us for peanuts when we we're at our lowest, who's been written off again and again and has come back. Um that's how I want to remember Curtis Davis, not as the Curtis Davis who uh, badly undercooked a back pass and then gave away a penalty. But it was um, a horrendous way for it to finish. But look, it's this simple, Hillary. Was was it a red and was it a penalty for you? I don't think it was a red because I think. I mean, I, know, I think if you look at the laws of the game, I was listening to Dave. Is it was a player, but it was Cashin. Cashin was covering it. It wasn't a direct shot on chance. So for me, it was a yellow. Do you know what? I don't think it was a penalty, but give a striker an opportunity to go down in that situation. They did exactly what we we know. We'd have been not been happy if Collins hadn't gone down under that situation or McKendra. We'd ex- ex- expected them to do the same thing. So it was a misjudgment. I mean, it was a misjudgment with the back pass. It was a misjudgment with the fumble tackle. Uh, I don't think we've had an awful lot of luck with penalties against us this season. And there's no way with a massive home crowd at Hillsborough we should expect any favours. So I, lo- I love Davis. I think the thing that stands out for me is, yes, he's all the stuff he's done on the field, but he's been an icon off the field. What he was like last season, playing where he signed the waiver so that if he got injured, Derby didn't have... You know, he's been magnificent for us, and I think all fans will remember him for that. He won't need us to tell us how calamitous that was today and the impact that had on our season. Um, but fundamentally, I feel I do feel genuinely a bit hard done to by the decisions that went that way today. Blake, a little bit of... Um... Uh, on the nose statistical analysis. I think this is right, but I looked at which team in League One has conceded the most penalties. Of course it's Derby. Obviously it's us. Um, it's either 10 or 11. Um, I can't quite work out who's updated that stat correctly, but 10 or 11 penalties is a penalty. 11, I think, yeah. It is 11, yeah, give or take, in League One, um, which is ridiculous. Um, I think the next, there's a couple on nine and then there's a bit of a drop-off after that. I'm not saying it's a huge con- contributory factor to our failings this season, but it's not, um, there's some, probably something in that, isn't there? I think if you look, and we've spoke about it being a makeshift back four for, for much of the season, you've got a, a left-footed centre-half or left-back that's playing right-back, a 38-year-old centre-half, a young centre-half in Cashin who's, who's dropped off slightly. So, it, it, it the back four's changed so much and it's been so makeshift. I think at times you're going to cut out and, and give those penalties away. Um, I agree, just to touch on the previous point wholeheartedly with, with what you say about Curtis Davis and he's been an incredible servant to the club, an absolute brilliant ambassador outside of the club, a great spokesman. But how long does, how far does sentiment get you in football? And if you look in at the great managers, Sentiment doesn't get you that far with with players, and like he's been amazing. So I don't think that should be a factor in, in whether he plays or not again next season. But going back to the penalties, I think when you're changing the back four, and in, it's not that he's chopping and changing; he's had to change it. It's a makeshift back four, and it has been all season. And like today, you've got 
two Peter two experienced pros, but not the quickest. Um, and if you ever get turned around and turned over, and when you've got Barry Bannon and, and players like that, that that can just thread a ball through, and suddenly you've got to face the other direction and, and try and track back, and you're going one way than the other. It, it's definitely it's definitely not a penalty. It's not a red card. I'd be disappointed if it wasn't a penalty given for Derby, don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's a penalty. But if you put that ball in Rosette, problem solved. You don't give anyone an opportunity to give a penalty. If, if you, you're facing your own goal, just hook it around the court, put it into the back row behind the goal, put it anywhere but undercook a back pass. And it, it's two or three, maybe four times it's happened this season. Just put it out. Just get the problem solved. We're not even having this discussion if you just put that in Rosette. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give... Davis just one more slight thing in his defense, which I think I could be wrong, but when I watched it back, it takes a bit of a bobble just before he attempts the back pass. But like, you know, look, it's neither here nor there, is it? It doesn't really matter now. Um I wanted to ask you both about the unbeaten run, because we can all look back on it in the cold light of day now. Now it hasn't sadly contributed to anything in terms of Derby season. Like that we all got swept up in it. We said on this podcast in like January if Derby don't make the playoffs now, has this season been a failure? Um, I don't know. I'm looking back on the results in that run. And when we went, when we won six in a row between December 30th and the 4th of February, there was like Cambridge and there, Accrington, Morecambe, Cheltenham. Um, yeah. Who are all in the bottom six. I think if that, that could be correct. Forest Green as well. Um, obviously you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, and we are where we deserve to be. But did we all get a little bit swept up in it, do you think, at the time, Blake? I'm not really going to sit here and defend the things I said at the time when we were 15 unbeaten and chasing down Wednesday in Plymouth because that's what football's all about, isn't it? It's about dreaming and looking up and seeing what your team can aspire to do. <laughs> where, how do you feel about that run now? I, I certainly was, uh, you know, I was emotionally charged I am I certainly got caught up with we're getting automatic promotion and and you're gonna aren't you it's like this this man's come to the club he's he's taken over we've got 19 unbeaten this is like the messiah and I did and and it's only upon reflection and with hindsight that you look at it and yeah we've like the stats you you reeled off at the start about beating teams in the in the top half and we've not done it against the teams around us and that's ultimately what's what's kind of cost us so it's still an amazing, it's still an amazing memory, but I don't think, I, I don't think it's disappointing that we haven't gone up because of that. But I, I just think we, we haven't done enough against the teams that are, that are around us. And we've never looked really like competing against the teams. I mean, we've had, we've had the odd decent game, but we've never looked, we've never really matched a team where you go, right, this is, we never had a real test where you go like this is this is a side that's going up. It would you you build your optimism up and you get to a point where you go look this is a decent run. Will we be in the playoffs? Will we be automatic? Will we drop out? But we've never looked and gone, wow, this is a two thousand and six two thousand and seven side that's going to go up. I've never had that moment where I've gone, wow, what what a side, what a side. I've never had that level of excitement about it. I've been impressed and got caught up in it, but I've never gone wow, this is just like, we're unbeatable, if, if that makes sense. Did you ever have that moment, Hilary? Was there a moment in the season where you did think we are definitely promotion material? 
No, I, I was in that during that run, absolutely, because I could see we, were, we we did beat teams like Bolton, we beat some t- good teams around us, um, but I also didn't see anything in the division that worried me. So we're playing all these teams, and the, the best team for me that came to Pride Park were probably probably Plymouth at the time. That was the one that I was like, yeah, these guys look like they're significantly better than us. But uh, for me, all the way through, I thought we I thought we were going to edge into second. I was probably a bit like Blake. I could see, I and mean, I didn't think we'd go and beat them to the end of the season. You know. You know the run's going to come to an end, but you know football's all about if buts and maybe is. I still go back to that bird injury in that West Ham game that I think that really, really changed the outcome of of that really critical midpoint for a sort of Fed March until he came back in. And so I, I wasn't scared of anybody there. I could see us, I could see us getting in second, and, and I, I still think we could have done that, not because potentially of how we were playing, but I didn't really rate that many teams who were coming across um, home or away because I just thought we could get a result against anybody and I think I had confidence that at that time goals were more fluid we were getting more coming through it it felt more evenly spread and and you start to think actually momentum counts for so much in this division and the momentum was with us for that period of time and from there anything could happen we could have gone on to a longer run we could have gone on to another some of those dodgy like draws that we should have won just two or three of those turning our way it's it's nice, isn't it? We've you know one goal at the end of the day. We've we've hardly we've lost out by not getting one goal against Chef Wednesday for playoffs. So I'm not going to blame myself for getting a bit carried away in February when I thought we were going to make it. Henry makes an excellent point about the the Max Bird injury uh, against West Ham. But is that twofold with the timing of that where Warren may have brought a striker in and was forced to bring a midfielder in instead, and he may have brought someone in who could yeah. get goals with that. And because of the bird injury, not only did we lose a, a controlling midfielder, we also missed out on the chance of bringing a, a goal scorer in for the second half of the season. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And the, and the person he did bring in was Harvey White, who was meant to be a like-for-like replacement for Max Bird. And if I'm honest, he wasn't that impressive, really. Um, he had his moments. He had little spells, some shows of quick feet in games against like Peterborough and that sort of thing. But um, I don't think it quite works, which was a massive disappointment. But... Uh, more to come from us in uh, in a second on SBW, but uh, it's going to be our last regular podcast of the campaign, but um, I haven't finished putting Blake through it for this season because we're going to do an alternative awards podcast over on Patreon uh, by the end of the month, I think. So uh, sign up and help support the co- help support the podcast over at Patreon dot com forward slash Steve Bloomers washing. Hi there we county fans. I'm Branko Struper. Hi, I'm Paolo Wanchop. Hi, I'm Mart Poom. And you are listening to Steve Bloomers Washing. Plays it up into the edge of the box. Even there, a quick turn there by Carbonari. Volpe makes the grab. Carbonari! Horacio from Rosario has surely settled it. What a piece of Argentine dexterity. Edge of the box, holds off three players. Left, then to the right. Rolls it just in front of himself just as it seemed to be gone and he shot bullet hard to the bottom left-hand corner of Crosley's net 85 minutes gone Derby County 1 Nottingham Forest nil. I don't know what's made me say it Blake but I've decided that Paul Warren needs to buy a slightly insane Argentinian centre-back with a 
bazooka of a right foot. That needs to be top of his shopping list for next season. Oh, do you know what? That, that clip, um, I've been lucky enough through working at Radio Derby back in the day that I met Graham and that clip is my all-time favourite. The, what a piece of Argentine dexterity. That is my <laughs> my all-time favourite. That's why I was smiling so much as you played it then. That is just perfect. Top stuff. He was brilliant, wasn't he, Graham Richards? It was fantastic. I'll get him on the podcast one day if if it's the last thing I do. Um, look, back to this season. I mean, Blake, there will be recriminations and, and inquests in the coming weeks. What went wrong? Where does this Derby squad go from here? Um, I mean, it all seemed like a committed bunch to me. I mean, I, I think I saw a couple of tweets about people saying Jason Knight was kissing the badge, you know, pointing at the away end at Hillsborough today. And Dizzy was doing something with his arms, like some sort of X, like, he either wants to go on the X Factor or he, or he wants to extend, that- extend his contracts, which is how I'm going to uh, take that. But um, <laughs> there's, look, there's no certainties in football and we can't pretend that some of our better players aren't going to be picked off or get better offers. But apart from Didzy, Blake, who is it most important that Derby County keep this summer? Well, we had this discussion on the way home and I think first half of the season, Joe Wildsmith was my player of the season before... Um, Didzy fired into the incredible form he's in and, and just on the Xing, is that not the Blades because he played for Sheffield United oh right yeah I thought he was doing I it think, at the away end was he just mugging off the whole of Hillsborough after we'd lost I, he got booed throughout so I think that's like I'm a blade kind of thing oh, well, I, I think I don't know <laughs> yeah. either that or he was throwing you a kiss maybe but like oh stop it um, <laughs> but going back to like who I'd keep like Wildsmith, I think we were trying to lit. I said I made the outlandish comment earlier that I don't think Wildsmith made a mistake and my dad comes straight back and said Exeter. I said, yeah, but he did make a worldie at the other end, so that cancels that out. I can't think of anything really terrible he's done all season. I think he's been, for, for someone who came in as uh, he wasn't a regular first choice keeper, I think he's done excellent. Couldn't really wish for a better keeper at this level. So Wildsmith, I think you've got to keep. I, I'd be surprised to see. Night back, bird back. Um, I just think I think he's got his own ideas of if where he's going to go with the side, and I think if you're going to invest into a side as a manager, a manager that's got little to no budget, if you want to make the side your own, your assets are, are going to go, um, which is is disappointing. And I'm 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 not naming players that are going to go because I think they should go. I just I'm trying to put myself in Paul Warren's shoes. I'd be very, very surprised to see Knight and Bird back next season, which is really disappointing. I can see what you're saying on Bird, maybe like sort of neat and tidy, technical centre mid, doesn't get across the park that much. But Jason Knight, I know he's only a, you know, a, a small, a small little chap, but, you know, box to box, great engine, versatile. He does seem like the sort of player, Hillary, who might tick some worn boxes. Like, are there any from that current team today that you are really worried about not seeing back for pre-season? Um, you know, at the end of last season, I was at the awards night and every single player was saying they would definitely stay in and uh, and then half of them kind of disappeared off. So I, I don't, I get really attached to them, any player when they played well for you for a season. Um, I, I'm definitely there on Wildsmith. I'd be gutted to see Cashin go just emotionally. I just, I just love every yeah, ounce of his yeah. being, and I, but I, I just think we've we've got to now trust Warner in this process. And if we have to sell players like you know all those years ago, I think was it Kev Wilson that we sold, and 
went on, which sometimes it's just the bigger need of the club has to come first. So I really hope some of those homegrown academy players do stay. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see anybody pretty much leave Derby. I certainly, I certainly don't wish for any of them to go, but I just think it's the reality of where we are and the rebuild we've got to go through because we need more players. We can't rely on this smaller squad for a second season. We, we've just got to get more quantity as well as quality of players in, I think. Yeah, well, you know, it is what it is. The season is over. Um, but, well, Blake, we have to talk about this. We have to talk about your, frankly, Herculean efforts this season. Uh, Exeter, Torquay, Plymouth, lots of other places in between. 57 games in League and Cup, home and away. I would applaud if I wasn't holding a microphone. That is one hell of an effort, mate. Um <laughs> we, we said before we recorded, is there a part of you that isn't just a little bit relieved you don't have to go to any more football games this season? Yeah. So the the kind of metaphor I always use is like the cricket season starts in April and I, I like watching cricket as well as obviously watching football and the cricket, se- the cricket season never starts for me until the football's finished. So we've just been uh, with the, the people we go, me and my father have gone with uh, the group of people we go with for an end of season curry. And I just went, ah, it's been a long season, hasn't it? Because <laughs> I can't remember the exact stat, but there was in November we had, was it seven away games? And there was something like, there's thousands of miles. We had to, we went to Torquay, Liverpool, um, Newport. And it, and it, as fun as it is, like I don't do it to do a tweet at the end of the season. I do it because I'm lucky enough to be like a, a single lad who's, who's able to do it it's not got any time so I can do it and I'm lucky enough to be able to do it I mean I see your Twitter you do do a little bit to do a tweet in the season don't you be honest mate I'm a so mate I'm social I'm a social me- <laughs> it's all content isn't it end of the day I'm a social media mate I'm a social media manager by trade everything I do in life is for content <laughs> <laughs> but you, yeah I am like slightly it's, I mean it's very hard to say because I was very much looking forward to to being in the playoffs and the excitement and so I'm disappointed but yeah it is nice and it always builds because when you get a little bit sick of Derby County and everyone does at the end of the season when you've been to every game once you have them few months off and then in a couple of weeks the letter will come through the door with your season ticket details and all the season tickets are on sale and then in June the July the fixtures will come out and we've got Blackpool away in October and we've got this and we've got that and it all starts to rebuild into the excitement again and then we we just regrow and we go again. So as as disappointing as it is, it's an important part of it for me that I have to have them few months away to, you don't know how much you love it until you miss it. There's some kind of saying, I'm too tired to think of it. I mean, I, um, I, I you know, I get knackers just contemplating watching a game at home, like three days after watching another game from home. So like, I genuinely do not know how you did it. But there must've been a point where you, where you considered not doing it, surely. Was there a game where you just thought, I can't be asked? Uh, Portsmouth away on a Friday night. Um, yeah, just like I mean, it's, uh, yeah, just yeah, Portsmouth away. I, I mean, the toughest ones for me were doing uh, because I I had a record years ago before I started working covering sport where I did thirteen years home and away, so I didn't miss one for thirteen years. And because of other commitments, I've had to start missing one. So even last season, I missed whole one of the only victories and. This year I set out and I was like, right, I'm going to do it this year and I'm going to get back to doing it all. But I said to myself, if you're going to do it, do it properly. So that involved the Papa John's Trophy. So going away to watch like 
the twenty ones against Mansfield and Grimsby at home. Uh, you know, just like that was tough sometimes. Or like so, them little games where you, if I'm being honest, I don't really care <laughs> if that makes sense. I'm not overly bothered. Mate, you can you can you can say the pizza cups crap. Like you know, we're, we've got no ties to well, uh, uh, to to the Papa John's trophy. It's fine. Well, I stopped myself then because I was going to say a word. I would say on talk derby, but I, I was going to swear. But um, yeah, it's been rubbish. Um, but. Yeah, I think motivating yourself to go to games that you're not bothered about is always the hardest thing. So Plymouth away on paper seems like a really difficult game to go to and everything. But if you've got the time off and you're able to do it, it's an exciting game to go to because at the time it's two teams at the top. On paper, it's going to be a good game. If you go into Newport on a Sunday for an FA Cup fixture, maybe less so. So it's always, there's just so many variables. It's the games that you not really that asked about that a tough game to go to if that makes sense yeah yeah i mean look we don't want to end this pod on a on a downer um what's keen to keep it upbeat hillary i've had a few i've had some great moments this season it's it's, it's genuinely been been great we've spoken before about visiting new places and meeting new people and seeing new stadiums and i uh, you know i was there for warren's first game at cambridge and that really felt like something that was great and um you know, Port Vale away was obviously epic. I wasn't lucky enough to go, but that looked fantastic. Um, me and Tom had a great day at Cheltenham, among other places as well. Like, what were the, when you look back on this season, what will be the standout memories for you? Um, definitely Oxford United when we first kind of walked out to that crowd. Like, we you know this is League One and, and, and we've got a club. And just walking to the ground that day was probably the most optimistic I felt about walking to Derby. Not because the division, or just the feel of, we've got a club that was that was a fantastic day and then bizarrely I ended up taking because I'd take my nephews to the matches I've got five nephews who are now like one's gone to the south stand because they're all getting older and stuff and I've, I've taken a, a young friend's little boy with me he went to the forest green game so he absolutely loved it because obviously Derby won very easily and uh, he's now getting a season ticket for next year so for me it's kind of that thing that get people from the club there and, and sitting with your mates and it's just it felt for quite a while every match we're going to go to I thought we're going to win this and I, have, I haven't felt like that for quite a long time watching Derby at home so just just the whole atmosphere about everything I've enjoyed this season like it's a different feeling to last year last year was all fighting against the odds and there was a sense of togetherness because of that this feels like a sense of togetherness because we've got the right owner because we've got the future secured and because this is the start of something and whilst I'm really gutted it's not happened this year I'm really optimistic that it will happen for Derby I don't think we hopefully are going to be like a Sunderland staying down for years I, I feel like next year I can't wait for it to start already I can't wait to get in see who Warren's brought in see who walk down to Pride Park for that first home game well probably the pre-seasons but first home game I think everything's got to be positive we've got to feel positive about where our club is and how we've been this last year yeah definitely I completely agree with that and I was going to make a similar point myself like normally you'd be perfectly within your rights as a fan of a team who's just missed out in the playoffs to be completely gutted and struggling to see the positives. But I think, I don't know, maybe I'm I'm not in the fully accepting stage of grief yet, but I think I'm almost, <laughs> I'm almost over it already. Do you know what I mean? Like I, we're, we're in such a different situation to when this happened to us in the past. Like when it happened with Rowett, when it happened with Rowett, it was like, is he going to stay? He didn't. When it happened with Lampard, is he going to stay? He didn't. When it happened with like McLaren, is he going to stay? He didn't eventually. Um, it, there just seems so much uncertainty and uh, and clamouring to to 
to make that extra step in in the previous regimes when we missed out in situations like this. But there's such a more of a low key, slow build about this right now. I know there's a lot of obviously talk about whether Warren is the right man. I still think he is. Um, Blake, I think you're definitely in the same boat as well, aren't you? That that look, he's he's had, he's had a year. He hasn't even had a preseason. He's only had one window where we can't buy anyone. <laughs> Give the guy a chance for 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 a start, right? Yeah, and I don't want to plug other podcasts while I'm on your podcast. But if if um, if no one if there's anyone out there that hasn't heard Moment of Truth, which goes behind the scenes of Rotherham's uh, promotion running uh, when they last got promoted, it was last uh, the end of last season. If you're not a Warren fan by the end of those ten episodes, and and how he is as a man manager, I, I honestly just leadership wise and everything, I'm so fully I'm fully sold to the the whole Warren thing and. And it's it's nice to have a manager that's built had a, a fairly successful season. We don't want to dwell on where we were too much, do we? Because we've got to move on eventually. But the, the reality is, we we all thought at one point we weren't going to have a football club. We're now seventh in League One. We've missed out on the final day of the season by a point. That for me is like I'd have snapped your hand off for that eighteen months ago. If you said you're in League One next season, but you only finished seventh. Ada Tuck has been in the National League at one point. So that's still a reality. And you've got a, a, a young, charismatic, talented man manager who's done it in League One, knows the league inside out. He hasn't got his own players in the building yet. So you give him a summer. Champions next season. Yeah, that's a spirit. <laughs> Hillary, I was going to... Uh, I'm potentially about to insult you massively, but I saw oh. someone on Twitter mention uh, Arthur Cox's first season in the third yeah. tier when yeah. we were, what, 15 points off the pace and then we pissed the league next season. Um, could happen. That was my... Yeah, well, and, and those Cox years were absolutely brilliant to watch. That was when I was going to all the home and away matches and and, and it was it was a hard hard team, but I still look back on those days, ironically, in the third division as, as some of my favourite... Until the Jim Smith days, Cox's days were absolutely my my favourite by mile. You know, why can't we do it? Why can't we do it? Of course we can. Yeah, we've got the right manager. I mean, depending on the finances, and I don't know what the financial situation will be like um, in quite as much detail. So I don't know what where we are with the with the league on all the business plans and stuff. But I, I'm absolutely with Blake that I think I, I am a Warren fan. I read something today going, "No, you can't call Warren. No, you can't because you've got nothing to call him against yet." Like, yeah, there's a few dodgy subs decisions that we wouldn't make, but that's just like football management, isn't it? So uh, yeah, I, I I'd much rather have somebody with his experience, his personality. And his kind of sense of understanding what our club's about. And next year, I'll, I'll be disappointed next year if we're not at least playoffs and going for automatic. This year, I took it as a bit of a bonus. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the most any fan base owes any manager is at least their own pre-season and at least their own chance to bring in their own players, uh, particularly in our situation. But uh, look, we've got... One more pod in us this season, uh, as I said, just before the break. So uh, we are going to drop an alternative awards podcast later this month. But look, I'll leave you with this. We're all completely gutted this weekend, but reflective and philosophical. But think of it this way. The highs of supporting Derby County are just as high and the lows are just as low, whatever division our football club are in and we all know what this club has been through like we don't need to repeat that again but our season will come and we'll all be there when it does so look thanks for joining Blake appreciate your time mate 
Oh, I'm glad you're ending it there because you got me filling up with that. Genuinely, I'm like, well, if if War never leaves, Chris Parsons for manager. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll come in to give a 20 second motivational speech, maybe twice a season. Uh, and Hilary, thanks ever so much for joining us. A very assured debut. We'd love to have you back sometime. Love to. Thank you for inviting me. Nice to meet you both properly. Appreciate it. And uh, look, thank you to all of you lot who have listened to Steve Bloomer's washing this season, especially our fantastic patrons. And just remember, we're Derby County. We never do things the easy way, right? Goodbye. <laughs>